0: In today's web class, the two business guys talk about how to repurpose your profit. Enjoy. This business podcast, the two business guys mastermind uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational and overall business success so that you can go on to get results enjoy so man i'll tell you in today's episode there's there's so much cool stuff to go over rob there here, here's some of the things that i had as topics right we're going to talk a little bit about our 100 k and 100 days challenge right or 30k and 30 days 60k and 60 days <laughs> um animal fight night mm. animal fight night i saw this on uh, national geographics man that's and it, all i could think about was business it was incredible profit repurposing, right? And now I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, at at my juice bar, right? So uh, profit repurposing, I want us to get into that. And then this parking meter showdown, I'm fed up. (laughs) Parking meters. And I started thinking, you know, what else could they do with this business? Mm. All right. And then um, one of the things that I I really want us to dive into is what businesses are leaving money in the street, Mm. right? So So if y'all listening in, what businesses are leaving money in the street? And then Rob and I are going to riff on that. I came up with a couple of them, man, that just, you know, I'm watching them and I'm thinking to myself, they're leaving money in the street, Mm -hmm. right? And then we talk about the. We'll get into the 2BGM consulting and advisory. This is the stuff that we, you know, leverage to go out and help companies Mm -hmm. do what they, we believe that they do. And then we talk about profit potentiator. This is, I call Rob the profit potentiator. (laughs) <laughs> and then I'm the money maximizer, right? <laughs> so as we bring together the two BGM consulting and advisory, that's kind of how I see some stuff. I love um, it. I love it. I
1: love that so business leaving start?
0: money Which... in the street. Uh, you know, I want to get into um, animal fight night. <laughs> okay. Right, and it, it, it's incredible, man. I was watching this, and I must have watched for shoot. It was about an hour linda was watching it man you know she was like i want to watch a movie later and i was like okay well i'm i want to check out this animal fight night and i'm thinking what is that but it's really kind of talks a little bit about the repurposing of something right Mm -hmm. think about this national geographic now has such a brand Mm -hmm. that all they got to do is show you that little square box Mm -hmm. and you cut in the color and you know what it is right and then they come up with these cool copywriting names and stuff we've talked about in other uh, uh, episodes, copywriting. How can you say something that gets people going, "Hmm, that's interesting, so animal fight night. And then here's what's so interesting, Rob. The announcer, I told Linda, I says, that's the announcer I would like to go get if I got some dry subject matter and I need Mm -hmm. to make it exciting. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, this person was using all kinds of uh, uh, emotional kind of words. You know, to describe the animal right. getting They're
1: ready to fight. The yeah, it Setting was incredible. Yeah, that I think is really important at that, that point that you make right there. It, it's kind of copywriting, right? When we talk about how important copywriting is and how important it is to communicate to people, a lot of business owners don't understand because because I always say we get we get caught up with the curse of knowledge, right? Because we know what it is we're teaching, because we know what it is we're doing, because we're good at what it is the you know solving whatever problem we solve we forget what it's like to feel that emotion of not having the solution of not right. knowing right yeah. and it's kind of like the the bland announcers they've already seen the video they've already they already know what's gonna happen and everything and they just kind of give you just a facts jack right like they just give you the information but to your point the good announcers in this in this in, in this this situation which you know you you watch an animal fights and You've seen the, the, the two types, right? You've seen the ones like with the sound off or the ones where they're just like, <laughs> and now the, the thing seems. But uh-huh. the National Geographic is amazing because they set the stage and they, they create anticipation. You're literally just watching a herd of buffalo or a herd of wildebeest or whatever it is walking. But they're setting anticipation and they're creating this, 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 this palpable feeling before the action happens, and then when the action happens, they're commenting, and it's just like listening to you know fight commentators or, or listening to <laughs> exactly. you know commentary. Marv Albert and, and Reggie Miller doing the NBA finals um, and stuff like like you start to uh, hear and see things that you wouldn't have seen or heard otherwise, and that's what a good copywriter does. A good copywriter is able to illuminate for the business owner, or I mean for the for the prospect. All of the emotions that they're feeling, all of the things that are going on, they're, they're able to. And, and I just did a, a, a training for some real estate agents on this um, a couple weeks ago, talking about the ability to enter the conversation that's going on in the head of your yeah. prospect. Yeah. Right. And that's what a good commentator does. That's what a good copywriter does, because immediately you gain trust and you gain engagement, you gain interest because people are now they know that you understand them and they're interested in what you're go, what you're teaching them because you know where to lead them, but you have to do that first part and so I think that's something that that, that I love just just hearing you explain that it just popped into my head like that connection.
0: Oh, I was, was right. Yeah. Right. And then they would have these scenes where they would show, you know, oh, if they puncture this area here, right, they had a bear going against a, a lion. They had. um Two turtles fighting, and I can't believe it. I'm watching two <laughs> turtles fighting, and then it was incredible. Beatles right. was the N1. Oh right. my gosh! But when I started thinking about business, and I started because I so I, I can't help it, right? I'm like a hammer that only sees nails. I, I, I was thinking, I says, now if National Geographic can repurpose and rebrand and re Put, put information out there that sounds exciting we can definitely look in our businesses right and this is what we help people do of course uh, look in your business and find new stuff new revenue streams you know you know the the um as I call Rob what, what I call you Rob I call it the profit <laughs> potentiator right? we're gonna say hey look there it is and yep. I go hey let's go get that money out the street yeah
1: I love it and, and, and it's so it's so interesting because like when when we're working with businesses I sit down with a business and one of the questions that I'll ask them you know one of my favorite things to look at is, you know, joint ventures and then referral business, right? And so many businesses don't realize that they have so many other partners that they can partner with. You're an ama- you're amazing at this with affiliate marketing, right? Same type of deal. You have an audience that you service with the content that you do and the content that you that you that you have, but then you also have other people that have products that have information that have stuff that your audience can benefit from and what you figured out this is where what randy teaches when he talks about maximizing you know um monetize your life right you figure out how to make money on bringing value to your clients that you not even create like those are the types of things that are so important and i think like like walk through a little bit of like how you came upon that how you figured that out because i think that journey might be helpful for for our listeners
0: i'll do it as an example Um, you know we're talking about the monetize your life or just
1: in, the, in, in like, how did you come upon affiliate marketing and see the connection yeah, yeah. between those yeah. two and see that that was a potential revenue source? Because it wasn't what you were originally doing. No, it right? came out of
0: failure. Mm. Right. I was creating stuff that wasn't selling. Mm. And I said, what the hell is going on here? Right. Is it me? Well, yeah, probably, <laughs> you know, like Alex Hormozzi said, he says, you either have you know faith in that it's, it's, it could potentially be you. Or other factors that are you know causing your failure. So mm-hmm. out of failure, I was creating products before I would test them. Mm-hmm. I was going out there into the marketplace, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel, mm-hmm. coming up with weird names for stuff, and people were going, "I have no no reference for what this means."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So uh, I remember I had a course, man. I think I sold one, one, and that was from a friend. I sold one of the um uh, the the, the one, only one course. Right mm. now, it was kind of expensive, but I <laughs> sold only one. But the point is, and I put a year in it, I think I put a year into it, mm. right? Not a year of total working on it, but the point is, it took a yeah, year before it took a year I was get it launched. Yeah. And I did no, you know, finding out if the market was wanted this product. And so, okay. So, what led me then to say, okay, well, you know, people have products already. Mm-hmm. they've already done the research in fact i was teaching on this just last week i says okay mm-hmm. go find the products that are selling already mm-hmm. email the people that are selling them and say what have you found fi- they've already done the demographics and this was on clickbank i said they've mm-hmm. already done the demo they did the work for you now mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily put it out there on the actual um you know, sales page mm-hmm. but i says all you got to do is call them it says what have you found so that right there keeps you from having to reinvent the wheels you can already you can put this information out there with the knowledge of it already sells to people in this demographic we have found that it sells at this level we have found that it will resell at this level and i started thinking well if i'm creating stuff that's not selling either some of us too early right i says i might as well stop you know fighting and, and swimming against the tide and go with stuff that already is now that's just a part of the repertoire mm-hmm,
2: right
0: mm-hmm. if you wanted to spin up a business what i'm saying to somebody um look you got no money you got no whatever here's how you go about it
2: mm-hmm.
0: find a product that's already there mm-hmm. i can show you the research tools to use that are free mm-hmm. that will allow you to go okay Cool. Let me just take that product, and then you just start talking about it. I don't care if you're doing webinars, you're talking to your friends, you're sending emails, you got your people on on Facebook, you got whatever. You now have an opportunity to take something that's already there. I'll give you an example. And there's,
1: something, there's some before you go to that example, I want to point out something for the listeners because this, this is really powerful. What you just what you just did, and I don't want people to miss it. What Randy was just talking about is is the fact that in business, there's a number of skill sets that you have to be able to develop, right? Figuring out product market fit is one skill set. That's what he's talking about, about figuring out and all the research that goes into, right? And, And, you know, now we teach, when we talk to our entrepreneurs and everything, we teach, go sell it first, then build it. Right, because yeah, it, the, you're doing market research. Right, you're doing market research. You're figuring out is there an actual market for this thing? Right. Is there, and what do people want? Because then you build that stuff into the thing because you actually have people saying this is what the market needs. This is what I want, et cetera. Now that's a whole that's a whole other skill set, and we can talk about that uh, a little bit later. But the skill set that Randy just told you was even if you have that, you still got to learn how to sell it. Mm-hmm. And is it easier to figure out how to sell well selling something that you don't know the market wants or selling something that somebody else has already proven that the market wants yes right and so what Randy did is all of that stuff getting on webinars doing right building out email templates and da, 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 those are all skill sets as well that you have to learn as an entrepreneur to get stuff to the market it's completely separate from building the thing and how about you leverage this is what Randy just did leverage somebody else's product to do a paid internship to learn how to sell how about that like and so I, just don't 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 miss that nugget you all You can
0: go down and literally within how i like to teach it is the 30-day method right mm-hmm. uh and and that's because of are using the law or you know of, of a law of reciprocity but the parkinson's law law of parkinson's right um so you shorten the span and on some of these things you're gonna to have to learn really, really fast, but guess what? If you got time, if you got more time than money, you can do this very, very rapidly. Get your butt up like you're going to a job if you have no job and you study from eight to five. And then from six to nine, you apply what you learned. Right. And now I have people study in a specific way and spe- using specific tools, et cetera, et cetera. But that's one of the ways. Right. So then you now, I'll give you an example of something that I did recently. Right. And this is what this will kind of transition is to profit repurposing um, with the juice bar. Right. That I'm now uh, a co owner in. Mm-hmm. I found myself at a meeting the other day and, um, Uh, I said, you know, I was talking with a head of some company right, or some organization. I says, you know, I'd like you to I'd like you to get um, 100 bottles in your in your organization every month, Mm -hmm. right on the subscription model. And then, of course, he says, well, I'd like you to buy a subscription to what we do. Mm -hmm. And I says, I see no problem with that. Mm -hmm. That's an exchange of values. Right. Mm -hmm. But one of the things is I, I talk about is being able to to present this. And then I said to him, I says, and if you sell above your hundred, we'll give you 30%. So now you create a salesperson. In other words, an affiliate for your product. They don't have to have the product. And Rob, I tell you, this is, I'm so excited about this because this allows you to not only sell to the people, but then have them sell to their people.
2: Exactly. another example,
0: I says, okay, uh, as a marketing company, I says, listen, how about you buy from us this amount? Mm -hmm. but then you also buy for your clients this particular, our product, right? Mm -hmm. So now this is your gift to them. Exactly. Right, and now you're doing a solid for us. They get a little bump from what you're doing. You know, we're a black owned company, et cetera, et cetera, right? Right. I says, and now, so that you're now going to people that have people.
1: And the beautiful thing about that, and again, to, to, to break down a little bit of what was going on there, right? What he presented was value here's the here's the thing that so many kind of getting back to what you were talking about leaving money on the table so many business owners leave money on a table because we don't understand the value of what we do right one of my clients runs a restaurant he does wings he's got um and he's got this um this guy that has these uh arcade games that mm-hmm. he's looking at and you know he's a real loyal person he's a real like just open-hearted <clears throat> beautiful soul and so he was like hey I think that this will bring us in some, some, some marketing. Yeah. Well, this is, yeah, this is an arcade, you know, they're going to bring it into their, their business. And so he's talking about, you know, I'm going to go ahead and let him bring in his machines and I'm not going to charge him anything Mm -hmm. because I think that we're going to get, you know, more people coming in because the arcades are there. And so they'll stay longer, blah, blah, blah. blah, Right. But here's the key that I had to kind of walk, help him understand. First of all, that's great and that's a great idea, but do you have a method to track whether or not those arcade games are bringing in more clients? Because what you know is going to happen is you're bringing value to him by allowing him to have the arcades there because people are going to use the arcades in the space. He's going to get money from that space. Mm -hmm. And if you just allow him to bring it in free, you're conditioning him that this isn't really valuable that you're just giving this gift. Right. And that's what I valuable have valuable
0: real estate you can. rent
1: Exactly. That's doing. rentable real estate. And so now here's the deal. It's OK if you decide to not make him pay for it, but you have to condition him to understand the value that he's getting. He's getting a gift that is worth this much money. Right. Because oftentimes when you just give people stuff for free without actually giving them an idea of what the value is, then they in their minds devalue it because obviously you wouldn't give away something that was really valuable for free. Right. And that's the thing. And we teach people how to kind of perceive our value. So in this instance, when you're when, when you're sitting there. Right. There's a value to be placed on goodwill to your to your client base. Yeah. There's a value to be placed on working with minority owned businesses and veteran owned businesses and women owned businesses, et cetera, especially in today's day and age. That is tangible value. That's not something that is just, oh, they're doing you a nice favor because they're working with you. Right. Like, and, and for business owners, you've got to understand that you have value to give. Just think about it like this. When we talk about joint ventures and we're talking about, you know, referral agreements, think about this. You know, one client that we talked one example that we use all the time. So I've had a number of clients that are wedding planners, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at a wedding planner, they have a number of different clients or, 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 or downstream vendors that they can choose to service.
0: Yes.
1: Right? Yes. But think about this. If a wedding planner is decently successful, if they're doing two or three weddings a month, That means that there's two or three venues a month that they're contracting with. That means that there's two or three florists a month that are getting contracted. That means that there's two or three um, photographers and videographers a month that are getting contracted. That means that there are two or three print shops that are getting contracted for invitations, et cetera. Now, imagine if that event planner who's doing all of that work anyway Mm -hmm. could be getting a 10% commission off of each one of those Relationships where they have the client go and contract and pay for the um, yes. for the uh, the the invitations or for the flowers or for the the catering or for the reception hall. What do Imagine if they just got ten percent of each one of those transactions. Because guess what? They're referring their client to a particular group of people that they have relationships with.
0: Yes. Yes, Rob. Right. That's that's the that's the quintessential uh, profit potential right? Exactly. And then as I think about the money maximizing, that's it. When you mm-hmm. create and when we look into a business, right? And we go, oh, there's money right there. There's money right there. There's mm-hmm. money right there. Money mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that we're able to help like, extract right. out of because I mean, come on, let's be honest. Some of the people that are working in businesses, they're busy. Exactly. They don't have time to think. Exactly. Right. They just don't have time. I'll give you an example of just from my own, you know, business. Uh, it, I was thinking about, I was down, uh, we were so busy, man, last week that we literally, the owners, now this is something that I don't, you know, if you're heavy in <laughs> si- systems, I don't recommend this, mm. right? We were down to one person because people are on vacation mm. and, you know, our, even our new staff and, you know, everybody's having staffing problems, right? So we were down to one person. So we, the owners went down and prepared a big order. We had to, otherwise we're going to lose our manager, right? So, mm-hmm. and I'm look, I'm watching the whole process go about this. And I'm thinking at every level, even the box that, that had the apples, mm. I says, hey, what do we do with these boxes? Oh, we just throw them out. And I'm like, what? <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, how can we repurpose that? That's the profit right. repurposing, right? We Exactly took that cost of what? Anyway, how could we repurpose Exactly.
1: Like, you know, you know, from being in manufacturing, right? In this area, in in the Grand Rapids area, there's a company called
0: Padnos. I know Padnos. Yeah.
1: Their entire business model is that they go and pick up all of the steel shavings from manufacturing plants all around Grand Rapids, and then they go and recycle that steel. They do, they, 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 they put their their, right. They do pulp paper too. They, they put, they have their bins there. They do all of the work. It's, it's seamless. They have reps and they have all the rest. They they pick the stuff up on time, everything, but they know that there are metal shavings and metal scraps and from all of these, these processes, right. And, and, and there's, you know, manufacturing all over the place and they just set everything up and they get that. And because they do the service, quote unquote, they actually can charge for the service of removing because it's a trash removal or a waste removal service mm-hmm. for yeah. the manufacturers. But then they also make the money on the re- on the, the, the recycling because they can then resell it.
0: Right. and I right. give you and a little repurpose? bit of a check. Man, think about this. Now we talk about a little bit of the money in the street, but that OK, so we talk about profit repurposing. Right. Mm-hmm. In this particular case, I talked about the boxes and then the next one was the paw. I'm not going to go into it because there's a business model that I'm building out.
1: I know exactly what you mean, but no, the yeah. pop repurpose it. And I literally
0: did a loom the other day and I sent it to the staff and I says, this is what we, when you're slow, this is what I want you thinking about. What could we repurpose? Mm-hmm. And I says, mm-hmm. now I'll probably put some kind of challenge behind it. Hey, the, the best repurposer gets a check. Yeah. You, you feel where I'm going with this? Yeah. And I said, yeah. we will execute on the ones that make the most sense. But it's the recapture of that. And I don't want to yeah. go too much into it, y'all, because nah. I got some plans.
1: And, and it, this is and this is one of the things. I mean, big businesses do this. If if you've ever read "Built um, to Last" from Jim Collins and Jerry Poppas, right? One of the things they talk about is great companies are always thinking about innovation. Right? It's 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 preserve the core. And stimulate growth. Right. You're, you're constantly a hole
0: in the business.
1: Exactly. You're not blowing a hole in the business. But like, for example, 3M. 3M has an entire budget that each of their research and development people have that is just go tinker with stuff, go play around, go figure something out. Yeah. Some of their biggest products have come from that. For example, Post-it notes yeah. were an accident post-it notes were a failed adhesive that was supposed to be a super strong adhesive but it was a weak adhesive and then one of the scientists because and the story goes like this the 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 guy was um he was preparing a lesson at church right and he needed to to have some 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 bookmarks on the particular passages so he applied this adhesive to a couple of strips of paper boom and it worked it worked perfectly for that and boom the post-it note was born right um, because he wanted he needed light, light adhesive he didn't need anything that was mm-hmm. really sticky mm-hmm. he didn't want tape he didn't want anything that was going to tear or rip and so this that, that's how it was born but it was actually a failed adhesive that they had mm-hmm. that this guy repurposed similarly google their engineers work four days moonshot ideas is what and, exactly right and yeah. but one there they they are they. They are supposed to spend twenty percent of their time working on their own ideas, their own things that have nothing to do. And if it, if they think it's beneficial, then they can present it to the company, and the company will go ahead and put money behind it. And then they become a part owner of that IP and all the rest of that.
0: It's. I love it's, that you know, idea.
1: Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's extremely important. Innovation is always important. You have to always be thinking about the next step, right? If you're not growing, you're dying. That's that, that's that kind of the, the, the kind of adage. But how do we how do we make that a reality for entrepreneurial businesses? How do we make that solopreneur businesses? How do we make that a reality for, for, for startup businesses? Um, what do you think are some things that, that that beginning entrepreneurs can do to make sure that they're that, that, that they're focused 80 percent of the time on the stuff that they need to be doing to run the business, but that they always have an eye to the future that they're looking at and that they're they're, they're doing work to to be innovative, to be on the next It is level. a
0: balancing act that can get out of hand, trust, right? I mean, because it becomes a potential for new shiny thing syndrome. Mm. But I call it the dip the toe end uh, approach. Um, I, just from stuff that I'm doing, right? I'm doing some web three stuff, right? And I'm like, I don't know what web three is, but I had to figure it out. And so I've been, you know, going and and learning a lot about it, you know, creating a couple of things, messing up some stuff, asking some people, whatever, right? But that's Mm -hmm. the dipping the toe in. Now Mm -hmm. I have a core thing that I said, okay, here are the core things I want to do. And again, when you start ideating around this, it can get out of hand very quickly. (laughs) Unless you got a team that all you when you think of something. The, and I've just actually heard about uh, a, an organization that is doing that. They said they come up with the ideas. What, let me back up a little bit. When I mm-hmm. started Arbridge Business Institute, that's exactly what I wanted to do. I says, I'm gonna think of stuff. I'm gonna go hire people to run it. I'm gonna find the funding. It's gonna be if, as funded as possible from sales, pre-sales and all that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? And mm-hmm. I started coming up with so many dang ideas. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't execute on. It was indigestion from mm-hmm. ideas, mm-hmm. right? So w- with companies and entrepreneurs, being careful of how many ideas that you spin up and that you want to execute on when it's just you. Mm-hmm. And when you now have built a team and you've given them that kind of permission, right? You says, okay, this is what you guys do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You guys, I'll come up with stuff and you guys come up with stuff and then I will... St- you do a meeting or something like that to determine can we pre-sell it mm-hmm. if we can pre-sell it and determine that there's a market mm-hmm. right that mm-hmm. becomes an opportunity now how do you do some of that well that's kind of the secret sauce stuff right but yeah sometimes you find out if there's a TAM, total addressable market in the first place, who's already doing something right. like
1: that. So there's market research that has to go into it. There's, there's yeah. yeah. Dip I, a toe
0: I, in, I on a landing and, page. Quick. And
1: that idea of dipping a toe in, I think to, to make it practical, right? Like, cause again, one of the things that, I, that we really try to do on this podcast is not just to give you the ideation phase, right? We're masterminding, We're thinking about a lot of stuff. But a lot of what we really want to focus on is how do you implement it? How do you actually make this happen in your life? So, for example, one of the things that I try to do is I try to set aside some time in my day to learn. Mm-hmm. It's only an hour. I do an hour a day. But in that hour a day, I'm doing some sort of business learning, some sort of business growth, mm-hmm. some sort of business development and that's just in in whatever area of my business that I want to improve in. I'm learning something. It may be in a future area, it may be in a current area. But I set aside an hour once a day to listen to a podcast, to watch a YouTube video, to watch a training, to do to read a book, to do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things and you don't have to set aside an hour. You may only have a half hour a week, but whatever it is if you can consistently be learning something, growing in some way, researching something, right? If you can be meeting with a uh A a mentor, whatever it is, you want to have something in your business where weekly you are growing and expanding your understanding of your market, right? Something else that that I think is really important, Randy, you do this a lot. And it's something that I just started standardizing is I experiment where I'm actually tracking the experimentation, right? And this is one of the things that I had to learn to get away from new shiny thing syndrome, right? I had to learn to actually track my time that I'm putting into an experiment mm-hmm. so that at the end of the experiment, I can actually measure whether it's good. And it's just it's nothing simple. Like I got a, a, a little sheet on the back wall, and I just put a tick mark every hour that I'm working on this experiment. And I plan it out for a month. I'm working on the experiment and I'm at, and I see at the end of the month what I've got. And if and depending on what I've gotten at the end of the month, that tells me whether or not I, I need to move forward with it or I need to let it die.
0: That's right? exactly. And if you could do it fast right? Mm-hmm. And this is where I talk about spinning up a landing page. I talk <laughs> about this constantly,
2: mm-hmm. right?
0: We, we spin up the landing page and I, I spin them up all the time so, and I use mm-hmm. a lot of different tools, right? Mm-hmm. But if you can do that uh, and you can see if organically people start coming because you've done some key, and this is some stuff that I teach in my uh, uh, Monetize Your Life Academy mm-hmm. is I, I kind of go, hey, okay, can you, can it naturally attract? Because I'll show you how to keyword your website so that people that are searching for this thing would naturally hit your, your page? And then can you offer them something that is, you don't have to go to the irresistible offer, but can you offer something that gets them to a next click step, Yep, right? So they come on the page and they see something interesting and then they go, hmm. right? So I work on that. What mm-hmm. language would we use mm-hmm. just for the button?
1: Yep, and that's the things like, for you, you all are. that are out there. Randy can teach you like the hows to get this done. But the thing that I wanted you all to to really take away from this is so many people think you have to spend a lot of time doing all this stuff. You have to be you know engrossed in it and all the rest of that. No, remember, innovation is twenty percent of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Execution is eighty percent of what you're doing. Innovation, looking at trends, looking at the future, all the rest of that, twenty percent. And that time you can you can plan, you can schedule, and it doesn't have to be a huge chunk of your day, and you don't have to feel like This is the other thing that I feel like um, some entrepreneurs might be dealing with. You don't have to feel like you're making progress all the time in your innovation. In your innovation, it's really kind of free play time. It's time for you to learn. It's time for you to grow. It's time for you to just allow your mind to make connections. But it's intentional free play time, right? It's not not daydreaming. It's not just sitting out and not doing nothing. It's intentional, focused free play time.
0: It's like, and I'll say this sometimes to myself: it says, "Am I wasting time here?" <laughs> right, right. And then um, it is—I I can't remember what what author said. It says, "It's never wasting time if it's research." In other words, it's in what you call it, mm-hmm. right? Now, now that gets me back to the book I was talking about um, off camera, right? We were mm-hmm. talking about um, the science of getting rich, mm-hmm. see Wallace that? Waddles. right. Now, this one was the new science of getting rich. And they just added some pages. It says, uh, revised for the 21st century. Now, here's the powerful thing about this, Rob. And I can remember when I first started reading it. The first pages are just so, man, right on. Mm-hmm. It, and, it, and he talks a little bit about uh, poverty. He says, what can be said, what may be said of in, in praise of poverty, the fact remains that no one can live a really complete and successful life unless they're rich. Well, you know, for the people out there to go, oh my God, rich people suck. You know, and that might smack you in the face, right? But he talks about this uh, in the next sentence. He says, we can't achieve our greatest potential mm. unless we have plenty of money for to develop our gifts and our talents. We must use things. Mm. And we can't have those things unless we have money to exactly.
1: buy Exactly. Exactly. Money doesn't buy you happiness. Money buys you the things that get you happiness, Right. <laughs>
0: The first 10 pages sets the stage. And when I started rereading it, because I had to change some of my mindset, I had become a man of leisure. You know, I had, you know, built up a pile and I was like, you know, kind of going, okay, I'll just dig into this pile. And and now it's where I'm getting back into active status i told Mm -hmm. i told rob i says i'm howard schultz in this thing he's retired he's unretired like what three Mm -hmm. times now exactly (laughs) right he's like i'm not letting my company go to go to exactly that's the whole thing and and so that kind of you know that thinking that's a repurposing of one's thoughts right Mm -hmm. what can you now become your body may have changed your mind may have changed your energy levels may have changed but now we have the the opportunity to not have to expend the same kind of energy, mm-hmm. not have to do the same things with our bodies. But mm-hmm. I see some people, man, shuffling around here, and I'm thinking, how in the hell are they working at a job, job nine to five? How mm-hmm. are they lifting mm-hmm. stuff? How are they doing this? Right? How are they sitting at the desk all hunched over? Right? They got <laughs> exactly. Back exactly. We now have the capabilities, y'all, to do whatever we want. That's what I teach people, right? I, I mm-hmm. got a, uh, Rob, you know about the podcast that I used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I touch on every now and then called mm-hmm. um, Earn Every Dime Online. Right? Yep. Now, i would started it. It was early. I started it pre-pandemic, and it, it got mm-hmm. like, you know, nothing happening. People were like, man, I got a job. I'm good. I'm making a whole <laughs> bunch of money at this job. And then when um, the pandemic hit, all my episodes started going up, right, because I had the content out there. I had kind of pretty much mothballed it because nobody was kind of getting it.
2: Mm-hmm. And They were like, what
0: are you talking about Earn Every Dime Online? that's what i was talking about now do
2: mm-hmm. you do this
0: but that kind of fed into the other things that i was doing so i was able to kind of bring it in yep right and start thinking a, a different kind of way and just kind of helping and guiding and teaching on that
1: mm-hmm. and that's worked out pretty good and i think that's an important point to note as well and what we're talking about as far as what we're doing with innovation and things like that so often right now i think i've talked about this before the book um the difference between millionaires and the middle class, mm-hmm. right? There's a, there's a line in that book where he says, millionaires think differently about time and about money than the middle mm-hmm. class, right? Mm-hmm. In the middle class and, and poor people all the way up to, to, to you know, middle class, upper middle class people generally think in terms of meal to meal, day to day, week to week, check to check, at most month to month, right? And because of those short time horizons, there's this constant sense of urgency to get stuff done and Mm -hmm. there's not the ability to let stuff grow right and this goes back between the hunter gatherer idea the the, the analogy that we talk about a lot versus the farmer right but the difference is that millionaires think year to year Mm -hmm. and their their time horizons are year to year and you know the uber rich are thinking decade to decade they have Mm -hmm. longer time horizons so they can let stuff happen and let stuff grow so to your point sometimes we have ideas that are amazing they're just not right for the time right now
0: exactly this is what he talked about, Wallace Wallace, right? He says, you have to think in a certain way. Mm-hmm. He says there, uh, that abundance is, is everywhere.
2: Mm-hmm. He says,
0: and those that don't think this way stay in poverty situations, right? right. It's that I have to get myself out of that, um, you know, thinking from that month to month, hour to hour, et cetera, exactly. et cetera, exactly. right? And right it's hard. Now,
1: it makes for, it's I was reminded difficult.
0: of this by a guy the, just the other day. Mm-hmm. He says, yeah, that's fine. But, bro, you know, I got to avoid a homeless situation. Mm-hmm. Now, where is that? My, I'm not thinking month out, three months out, a year out, bro. I'm thinking about not living Next in week. my car.
1: Right, right. And that was something when we were watching. Um, the, but then, and, and Rob, here's, here's the, here, here's he the said, plug. On the other
0: hand, I'm not a nine to five guy. I said, well, you better change
1: this. <laughs> and here's the key. This is this is the beautiful thing, right? And it, you don't have to be a nine to five guy, but you got to understand what your priorities are. And so. One of, one of our favorite shows, we, I highly recommend it. Randy, you tell me if you still recommend it. If you are looking to get an MBA in business mm-hmm. in about 16 hours, go and binge watch on the Discovery Channel mm-hmm. a show called Undercover Billionaire.
0: Excellent show. I still recommend it. Yes, yes,
1: it is. It is tremendous. But the big thing in in, in the beginning of the show, one of the things that the, the 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 that each of the if you watch either season, one of the things you saw each of them talk about is I've got to get my living situation, my survival situation, taken care of for the length of time that I need to build this thing. Now, in this show, they got ninety days to build. A, build, a business from zero to a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. They're billionaires. They've done this a whole bunch of times. So that's the whole idea. But the premise is very important, which is all of my efforts are focused on taking care of my survival needs so that I can clear space in my brain to focus on building something. Right. And this is something that I think so many people misunderstand. And this is what I talk about in my book in Thriving in Chaos. And this is what we talk about in the Thriving in Chaos um, Mastermind. The whole idea is so many people think that surviving and thriving are opposites and nothing could be further from the truth. As a matter of fact, you only get to thriving through surviving. The idea is and I'm from Chicago, so, you know, we got the used to windy city. There's the hawk that's out there. You can be outside in that in the elements if you want to. And in downtown, there's a lot of most of the buildings have a vestibule. They have some sort of entryway, right? Yes, a (laughs) vestibule. They have some sort of entryway, double doors, right? There's outside, there's the little lobby entryway, and then there's inside the building. Right, (laughs) and that's because of a lot of right. It may be a it may be a rotating door, or it may just be two double doors or whatever. But it's in order to keep it's it's because of that weather difference, right? And so it, it it's an insulation for the building and the heating and all the rest of that against the, the outer elements. But here's what so many people don't understand. When you're out in it, that's like not surviving. That's like, oh my God, the animals are gonna get me right. If you ever seen Jurassic Park, right? Like that's that's that space, right? Mm-hmm. You get into the vestibule, you're not in the building but you are also not in the elements. Mm-hmm. You're good. You could chill and and stay there the entire time and be okay right? Because it's that different from being outside the building. But here's the key. The penthouse is in the building and up the elevator, right? Where they have a a great spread of food and where there's music and where there's, you know, entertainment. And there's, you know, if you're in the video games, there's PS5s and Xboxes or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. that's upstairs in the building. If you're in the vestibule, you're not living that life, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. you're constantly aware of the elements that are right outside right and so your whole mindset becomes staying in the vestibule for fear of being outside and if you think that survival is the opposite of thriving you're never going to go for thriving because you think that that means going outside Mm. but it's the exact opposite thriving is on the other side of those other doors and
0: up the elevator. All right, y'all, y'all, you know, Rob's voice is changing. So that means he just hit a point that you should listen to. Now, look, this web class um, uh, is all about, again, just getting your mentality around the thing that you could be doing, right? Mm-hmm. In your business, how you could be repurposing things. And we use these examples to just show you, hey, here's here's an example that we see in life. Mm. Here's something that is a way of thinking about it differently that you can also apply in your life in your exactly. business, exactly, exactly, right. And then when, and when Rob gets gets on a point, that, that voice, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, if you have ever been to church, how you know the pastor like gets that point <laughs> and he's on or she's on, and 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 they're, and they're about to make some some stuff happen. <laughs> so Rob, what what are you thinking next, man? What, par- parking meters showdown. Uh, Yeah, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in that. update.
1: I think I want to do the update a little bit last. I want to hear this parking meter showdown thing. I'm I'm interested to hear what
0: happened. Okay. All right. (laughs) In your city, you've got these parking meters, right? And Mm -hmm. what they've done in our city here, Grand Rapids, they got them everywhere. Mm -hmm. They're different prices, right? And I'm thinking, man, some streets that were just, used to be able to park on, now they got these darn parking meters. But when I see... the main, now I get it from a revenue gen standpoint. I get it. Right. You're just taking some real estate and you're saying, okay, park here, or we're going to give you a ticket. I get Mm -hmm. it. But it just, in my opinion, it does a disservice to businesses in the area. I literally don't want to go downtown Mm -hmm. and enjoy the amenities downtown. Why? Because of the parking situation. A, I'm not going to be able to find a parking spot or I got to pay. And then I got to worry about whether or not um, it's going to, Run out of meter, whatever. I don't have enough coins. But yep. now someone says, Well, don't worry about coins. You can put your credit card in. All right. Yep. That was a nice little innovation. I appreciate that. And then the other day I was like, man, I'm gonna I got like 35 cents. I'm gonna put that in there. And then it says, but you can go to this app and mm. add more. So I thought, yep. oh, that's pretty cool, right? But here's the thing parking meter showdown, right? I'm downtown. I gotta run in to do an interview for our juice bar. And I'm thinking, you know what, am I going to, am I willing to, to suffer a ticket <laughs> to achieve this? So I'm like, I'm, I'm doing the math in my head whether or not I can get this ticket. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking this is some mess. So, but anyway, in the meantime, I'm looking at the parking meter and I'm thinking, man, this damn thing could be so much more. Right I'm th- And I look at it and I go, all right, right now it's just taking credit card information, it's you know, you're parking there. but I thought, man, if that thing could be repurposed to create different kind of profits. And I just started riffing on what would that look like? What else could it be? right? Could it be a charging station? because guess what? It's out in the open and if somebody's in trouble, they could charge their phone or something like that. I don't know. But mm-hmm. uh, Or could it be a little battery charger that, you know, you go, you pay a little bit of money and then you, you take the batteries because guess what? It's just sitting there mm-hmm. doing its thing. Could that be a opportunity to generate different kind of revenue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would love and I think they actually have this now mm-hmm. um, or somebody reminded me that they did had this. I says, I'd love to get a reminder. Hey, you're about to run out.
1: Ding. That's the thing. Yeah. they And they've got it in the app now. Here's the interesting thing that I think. With with the way that they're doing it, I think it's a lot in the rollout, right? Like, so I have my like I went to meet meet a meet a um, a business associate downtown. I had to re-download the app, you know, because because what yeah. because it had I hadn't been downtown for like a year, so I didn't have an app on my phone. So I had to re-download the app. Now here's the interesting thing: in the process of me re-downloading the app and paying for my meter, I get a parking ticket. Mm right so i'm not in the car i went i walked to my spot i'm re-downloading the app i'm waiting for the app to download so i'm literally paying to be in the parking spot but in the two minutes that it took to download the app and pay for my meter i get a parking ticket now here's the interesting thing you can see when i paid and when i got the ticket
0: so they got your money and your money
1: right so i called down to the city to say hey can y'all take care of this it will this work can y'all make this happen and this is where i feel like they they lost the, the the battle because i don't i honestly think that there aren't a lot of people that would mind if if they publicize it if you had you know some signs that had here's where, how you download the app here's how you do it blah blah, blah blah if they did a campaign about that something like that but here's the thing that happened well no i don't think that we can do that and you'll have to go down to court to challenge it and blah blah blah, blah. all of that stuff right and this is literally it's two dollars but it's a $30 ticket. But what they made, what they did is they made me personally anti this program, yeah. not because the program is problematic, but because their customer service is so bad that now I intentionally will park outside of the district and walk instead of pay a meter, not because I don't want to pay the meter,
0: meter showdown.
1: but because right. I don't want to give them any money. Exactly. Right. And uh-huh. it's, those are the types of things that, and, and you know, how does that apply to business? A lot of times customer service can be a make or break. I see a lot of companies that are, you know, they're worried about giving money back guarantees and they're worried about all these other types of things. And it's like, here's the deal. Nordstrom's used to have a policy where they didn't ma- it didn't matter what it was, you could bring it back. Mm-hmm. You could have it all sweaty and musty and all types of stuff you could bring it back because their whole thing was, we trust that enough of our customers are gonna do the right thing, mm-hmm. that the knuckleheads of y'all that's gonna do the wrong thing, we'll be able to cover that. Right. But you can tell the posture of businesses that don't trust their customers. You can tell it, you can feel it, it's palpable, right? And so I think that in a lot of cities, that's one of the things, one of the things that they struggle with there are cities where, and you know, you can look into the the police stuff that's going on, all the rest of the type of stuff. There are places where there's an inherent distrust of your fellow person. Mm -hmm. But I've been in places where that's completely different, right? Mm -hmm. Even in West Michigan, in different, just just here, you go to Grand Rapids, you go to some of these other municipalities, right? You go out to Grand Haven, you go to other places, and there's a completely different posture that the officers have with the people that they're dealing with. And it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with, in my opinion, it doesn't have anything to do with kind of all of the, the, the big stuff that everybody's talking about. I think it has to do with the belief in the city of who people are and what their purpose is and what the value is that we bring to one another.
0: And, uh, riffing on that too, man. It's like, okay, let's let's talk about that for a minute in the tra- This is trash. Here's another one, right? Trash. Mm -hmm. all right so Mm -hmm. let's see if i got this right you're gonna charge me for the bins firstly Mm -hmm. then you're gonna make money on the trash exactly i see none of that cash that man i tell you that is in my cross so
1: exactly and it's all about how are you conveying value because here's the thing you can charge more money if you convey value first Right. And this is something we've been talking about, Alan Weiss, because Alan Weiss is is, is phenomenal. He's written a book on Million Dollar Consulting. If you are in the consulting coaching space, you need to read this book. book. One of the things that he talks about, and I think this is really apropos to what we're talking about here. So many people struggle because they put their interest in opposition to their client's interest. So, for example, if you charge by the hour Uh to do whatever work you do. Understand that in the only way for your business to do well is for whatever your client needs from you to take you a lot of time, Uh which means that the worse you are at doing what you do, the more your client pays you.
0: Oh, man. Oh, is Rob just about to (laughs) piss off a whole bunch of people, right? But did you hear that? All right. Now, why we do stuff differently exactly we're value-based that's the we whole find key. it for you pay us a portion of that
1: exactly because here's the deal value an irresistible is, offer. is it's an irresistible offer because this is the thing nobody cares right it,
0: man you just hit if, on if you well. give me
1: a million dollars i don't care <laughs> about giving you a hundred thousand <laughs> right like this there's, there's never there's never going to be a case where you're like hey i got ten dollars you mind giving me one if i give you this ten no i want all ten really okay you can have zero Right, like, and you just move on because you don't you know, deal with people that don't understand this, right? But in business, you have to understand that's how your clients are. If you can provide, if you can provide value, your clients are more God, than you're willing messing
0: up to, re- to business reciprocate. Business models, man. The <laughs> that's, the, that's, the goal. that's the that's the go. That's the go. Two business you, you just, guys, business just, mastermind. We try to make sure that, that you have business model. models okay. that work, right? y'all. You know, forgive them. right? Because and, and the per hour, book. folks out there, car people per, per hour, forgive them.
1: right? All of you all, and because here's I the thing: you can up level your business if you can understand this, this 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 concept right i'm trying to look trying to find a book i got it in here somewhere but I it's can, uh right, the book co- It's it. called raving fans it's oh, another book. That book raving fans by ken blanchard it's another book that kind of goes through this th- through this oh, no, analysis. i don't have
0: that one by ken blanchard
1: yeah by clint ken blanchard same guy that wrote who moved my cheese and um and one minute manager
0: uh well he wrote that in uh who moved my cheese was um uh, dr johnson
1: it was they wrote together, but yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, but so the whole idea in, in the book Raving Fans, one of the things that he talks about is this. We don't, and I, I just was realizing this recently, right? We don't realize how impactful it is to be a good business. And and I was just talking to, I was just talking to a friend of mine about this the other day. It took me going through hiring a number of different businesses to help me with my business and to help me with marketing or to help me with this or help me with that. It took me, excuse me, going through hiring a lot of people who said they could help me would mm-hmm. wound up not providing the value that they said that they could provide mm-hmm. before I realized how important just the fact that when I tell somebody that I can do something, it actually gets done. That that alone you got, is you gave me some a ideas commodity. About- right? That piece alone is a commodity, let alone what I actually do for them. Because here's the thing, when, and you can think about it when you go to a grocery store, when you go get your hair cut, when you do whatever, right? Think about when you're trying to find a barber, how much time it takes before you can find somebody that can cut your hair the way you want to cut, get your hair cut or for, 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 for people to get their hair styled or whatever, how, you, how much time it takes and how much anxiety there is, how much trepidation there is, how much I'm not really sure if this is going to work. All of that, it goes into finding the person. That's why when you find a hairdresser, you find a, a barber, they can do your hair the way you want. You stay at that place. Right. Nobody is out just trying new stuff just for fun. That's not the way that it's not the way that you do it with these types of things. Similarly, if you are a business owner that knows that you can accomplish whatever it is, if you if you help people to write books. And you know you can do it right if you are a coach if you are if if you've got one of our clients, one of our students has a business where she makes chocolate covered strawberries and and chocolate covered treats right
0: and they're amazing right
1: exactly right i I just got my wife's birthday was just just last week we we made sure i got her you know a, a group that they dropped off and everything she was all ecstatic she put it on facebook it was beautiful right like but she knows that she's really good at this here's the key there's value in just knowing that I'm going to be your go-to person. Mm-hmm. So, and, and how do you quantify that? How do you monetize your life, right? How do you monetize that value in that space? It's important that you realize all of the value that you bring to somebody, because here's the key. When you can then present, here's all the value that I'm going to bring to your life. Now your fee becomes inconsequential compared to the amount of value that you're going to bring now i try to follow the 10x rule so if i'm going to bring this much value i just want a little bit you know equitable compensation i want to give you way more than you're getting than you're paying me for that's that that's the way that we work that's what we talk about right right at the end of the day we're finding people money and all the rest they're they're paying us for the initial fine but they're getting that annualized Mm -hmm. right so realize that it's not this whole huge thing, right? So at the end of the day, when you all are looking at pricing and you're looking at your structures, if you're working hourly, you're betting against yourself and against
0: your client. Rob, man, I think we should do a whole web class on that. I'm Mm -hmm. serious. Mm -hmm. And then, then, you know, we'll figure out how to monetize it, but we got to figure out how to, you know, give that back to folks. I love it. Because that is a fundamental shift Mm-hmm. In thinking now, like I say I wrote down impact pay structure, right? Um, <laughs> I like that. impact pay. How do you get paid? And, and something that you just introduced into that, um, for me, it's going to fundamentally change the way I do things, right? Mm-hmm. You says, "Listen, I'm going to show you the value I'm giving you back. Mm-hmm. So what you're getting ready to uh, share with me is inconsequential." It be, again becomes a part of the um, irresistible offer, right? And then, and then, and we'll kind of transition and wrap things up, everybody, with uh, our our goal, right? Our hundred K and hundred days, right? Update. Now, we originally came out with that. We want to make hundred K in hundred days. We want to show it, and we want to demonstrate it, and we want to do it. And we have been, you know, strategizing behind it. What's our USP? All that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so in the ways by which to do it, I have, you know, talked with Rob and Rob has kind of talked back, right? And said, <laughs> here's 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 what we should do right now because I got other stuff to do. I got to make sure that this can happen. And then here's the longer term stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So we talk about the longevity of the business, how, how are we going to, you know, continually increase cart value. Mm-hmm. Then we started thinking, how about let's throw more value
2: mm-hmm.
0: at people to the point where they just go, don't leave the office, start right now. Exactly. And, and when he just mentioned that value, now I just looked at the, the contract that we have for somebody that we you know, have mm-hmm. on, um, um, on the line and it's, it spoke to that. Here's mm-hmm. the value, boom, 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 boom. This is what we believe that we're gonna be in the work that we're gonna be doing, give back to you. Mm-hmm. This is what we ask to get that value for you. So it's almost like, we're, well, we're in it together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: our job is to make sure that we dig 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 and get it for you now if you have any disbelief just watch yep because you may go well, you know what two business two bgm you know who is that <laughs> two business guys mastermind on what well making you more money there you go on reimagining repurposing and and finding that income in your business that you either because you're an operator don't have the time or because you just can't see it because you're not thinking about it right now Right. You're in kind of your own silo, which is fine. You're focused and all that good stuff. Well, we go out and we find, because we work with so many different people, we find the means by which to do it without adding complexity. That's one of the key things. Are you Mm going to add trouble in my business? Because (laughs) you got all these, you know, these systems and moats and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I I started imagining this business that we're going to be working with. uh, And uh, a Jeffy Gitmore saying is like probable, the probable business. Mm-hmm. not possible this probable, probable. Client,
1: right? and that's so important go ahead go ahead that, yeah and, that, and that, it's that like you know there, so that probable
0: client as i started thinking about her business i started thinking man i would love to be able to say take this day off mm-hmm. because one of the reasons why she wants us in is because look she's in the business she's the operator you know everything that michael gerber talked about she's not doing mm-hmm. you know all these kind of things so we're mm-hmm. saying okay well we're going to create the systems and processes and automations that allow you to mm. not have to be there lording over that
2: mm-hmm. business.
0: Yep, if you're not lording over that business, then what else could you be doing creatively? Exactly. She, that's one of the things she wants to do. And She's part
1: of the beauty that. of what we were do, able to do in that moment with this idea of, of value, because this is the thing, this is the last thing I want to I drop, and we'll probably dig into this in the, next, in the next web class that we do. But it's not, I'm telling you the value that we're going to bring to you she was in the meeting telling us the value and telling us that's why she needed us to bring that value to her right right like literally in the meeting she was communicating to us this is what i need help with this is what i can't do this is what i need from you and this is why it's so valuable to
0: me (laughs) right and we ask when right now exactly we love we love clients that are right now right if you say to us well um i'll get to that in six months we're out the door right I'll wow, talk we got. We got to talk about Let's this talk. other one, All right? This go is ahead, go one ahead. that, man, I, you know, I it got in my craw or <laughs> got in my crosshairs, and I started going, "What? Um, Businesses leaving money in the street?" Now, oh yeah, okay, yeah. y'all hear this term, "business leaving money in the street"? That means. Your business literally could be making a pile more. we mm-hmm. are leaving it in the street, on the table, whatever we just want to use a certain vernacular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, now this is an organization, but I started looking at what's possible. And this is what we, if you may come just to our podcast to hear us talk about this, <laughs> right? And I can see this being a continual series, right? That mm-hmm. we say, okay, we're going to talk about businesses leaving money in the street. And then we wrap it in and talk about what we would do to help them, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right, this is Grand Rapids Community College.
2: Mm-hmm. My
0: grand rapids community, co- I graduated from Grand Rapids Community College twice, right? So <laughs> a couple of degrees, so y'all can look it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was on their site using one of my tools, right? One of my key search keyword tools, blah, blah, blah. And in this particular tool that I use, it'll show me the value of the monthly visits and the value of the clicks that they get. Mm. Right now, this is what I found. I'm going to tell you all this. Grants Community College, call us up. The two business guys, two BGM mastermind, you know, consulting advisory. We will come in and show you how to monetize this. They were getting hundred and five. They got hundred and five thousand uh, keywords. They get hundred and fifteen monthly clicks, but the value of that, based on my my tool, was four hundred and nine dollars. Mm. Now I looked and I, I did, because of their, perhaps their business model, mm. they're not looking at monetizing that. There you go. I looked at another college in their same space, get this. They had 89 some thousand clicks on their website and the value that they, as a result of the clicks, Four hundred and twenty-three thousand. so now think about that less clicks more value now this is stuff like when you dig into it it's like well because of the keywords that they're using et cetera et cetera here's the value if they had to go pay for it
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: if they had to go out there and do pay that it would be four hundred nine thousand now so they are actually have 400 and when we talk about let's repurpose these potential profits i started thinking how would that look, Rob? And I, I got some notes here, right? So I'm kind of mm-hmm. like pinning them up so I can see them. So if we think about that for a minute,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think that's an area that maybe we can, you know, go into and say, hey, listen, you're getting X amount of clicks to your website. And there's another company that I got in mind that we, mm-hmm. that we know very, very well.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it online.
0: <laughs> somebody's going to hear this be like, you know, call them up. We're going <laughs> to do it. But anyway they were getting a lot of clicks to their website but they're not maximizing the website
1: exactly
0: because they just didn't know they probably don't know how to monetize what to it. do with that traffic right they don't know what to do but i look at these two just in the college areas and i'm thinking to myself hmm, that's a whole area that we can eat from and you know help feed people for a long time just on showing them what to do with those clicks
1: exactly what to do
0: with that monthly saving. exactly
1: and i think that that's a well, let's- Put that in your mind. So so Put that. I I love it. I I think that I want to I want to leave them on a cliffhanger because I think that this is going to be a good um, a good series, a good web class in and of itself. What to do with, with with web traffic. Right. Like that idea. I love it. I think that. But but just so that you all are hearing what Randy just said is he's able to look at what what assets people have. This is what we do. Here are the assets that you have. Are you maximizing these assets, right? Are you maximizing your money? Are you potentiating your profit? Are you getting the best potential out of your profit? At the end of the day, the thing that you have to understand is everything that you do in your business has value to someone. The question is, who does it have value to? And can you figure out a way to receive or reciprocate that value such that you either get bartering that you get trading or you get monetarily compensated what things can you do to do that so so in between now and the next time that we talk or the next the the next web class that we do we're going to do a web class specifically on that topic as well so we got two web classes that are coming up that that i heard that we need to that we need to make sure that we do one is on how to do value-based pricing and one is on how to uh how to make sure that you transition your or or how to how to maximize your assets, specifically yeah. your website assets. Absolutely. To create multiple streams of income. And,
0: and everyone, we're going to probably you know ask for, you know, under $10 for this, right? For the for the cost of less than the cost of a coffee or a movie. Now mm-hmm. here's something the coffee is going to get you caffeine, right? And it's going to make you feel good for a couple of days. But this is this could potentially put money in your pocket.
2: There we the go. movie,
0: you're going to go and spend, I don't know, 10 to $40, mm-hmm. right? And I try to eat before so I don't have to be <laughs> hungry at the theater because I'm going to get hit over the head. But <laughs> th- you're going to spend 10 to $40. bucks. you are going to have a good feeling, right? You're going to see some people fly in a plane. It's going to be beautiful, but you will have learned nothing. We're going to show you how to maximize. <laughs> Rob, I got a class, man, that shows people how to monetize movies.
1: I love it. I love now, it. I'm not going to brag.
0: but we're going to probably ask for seven to 10 bucks, Mm -hmm. right? Just, just a little bit of, uh, just to come into the web class. You see how we get down, right? We, Mm -hmm. we, we've gone over an hour. We've given you some value. So if we can do that, and then after the class show you how you can earn that money, Mm -hmm. how you get your seven, you know, turn seven into 700, Mm -hmm. 7,000. We can go into it for days and days and days. Right. We can call it a webinar. You can call it a web class. You can call it a po- whatever it is. But we're going to ask that you put a little skin in the game to get a whole bunch of cash in your pockets,
2: <laughs>
0: right? Results are not implied or guaranteed. <laughs> All right. That's it, Rob. Let's All talk right, brother, again man. soon, man. we Will do. All right.